Welcome to Bewildered. I'm Martha Beck, here with Rowan Mangan. At this crazy moment in history, a lot of people are feeling bewildered, but that actually may be a sign we're on track. Human culture teaches us to come to consensus, but nature, our own true nature, helps us come to our senses. Rowan and I believe that the best way to figure it all out is by going through bewilderment into bewilderment. That's why we're here. For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, A few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025, but I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass. And we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star. Hi, I'm Martha Beck. And I'm Rowan Mangan. And this is another episode of Bewildered, the podcast for people trying to figure it out. Uh And what are you trying to figure out? Well, I mean, so many things, as I always feel compelled to point out. More than one thing? So many. So many. Imagine you were only trying to figure one thing out. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine it. So (laughs) something happened to me this week that I'm still working through. Um, Mm. Okay, so I have to backtrack. Many years ago, I had a conversation with my father. Oh, Um, that's horrible. I know. know. God, can you imagine? (laughs) You haven't met him, so you can't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) He's delightful. Yeah, of course he is. Uh, If a little melancholy from time to time. And this conversation was about... Leonard Cohen and Leonard Cohen's music uh-huh. um, during Leonard Cohen's more depressing uh, decades. Oh, wow. Because when Leonard Cohen gets depressed, he gets really depressed. Sort of competitive with it. I know. Yeah. I heard it and I went, I could never be that depressed and I'm good at it. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> so there's a song that Leonard Cohen wrote called Who by Fire mm. and my dad, I, I don't know why we were talking about it, but my father says in passing, oh, that's a song about all different ways to kill yourself. Oh. And I was like, that that totally lines up with my understanding of Leonard Cohen's music. He sure. did get he did get quite um what's the word? Like later on, he had moments of breaking through to he was transcendent. transcendent. That's the word I was looking oh for. Oh my gosh, hallelujah. Listen to all 83 verses. The last one is totally transcendent. The rest of it's <laughs> depressing as hell. I've heard that like the 86th verse is an eggplant parmigiana recipe. <laughs> No doubt. That'll make you hallelujah. I know, right? So anyway, I have a kind of weird blind trust in my father. He speaks with a very confident voice. Ah. Yeah, and I'm I'm a sucker for someone who speaks with a confident voice. So I went on with my life. I was probably, I don't know, 14, 15 at the time. Went on with my life. Decades pass. Fast forward to last week. Marty and Karen and I have been watching a lovely, well, not lovely, very dark, dark, terrible um, TV show called Bad Sisters on It's Apple. a lovely dark, it's terrible right. show. It's Irish. You yeah, know, you got to watch it, people. The Irish will do funny and dark better than anyone. So um, the theme song for 
this show is Who by Fire, like a cover of and it Who does, by it Fire. And it doesn't just mean Who by Fire, that friend, that <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, Who by Fire. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the song is like Who by Fire, Who by Water, Who in the Sunshine, Who in the Nighttime. And and so, and it goes on and on. And, you know, you can see where my dad got this idea. But I, I think he hadn't listened closely to all the lyrics and we'd watched a few episodes of this show and I had passed on again. What, blind, you passed on? You're dead now? <laughs> Sorry. Blind confidence in this paternal figure of mine. I had said to mine and Karen, oh, yeah, this is a song about suicide methods. And at, we'd watched a few episodes. We are watching the opening credits and Karen next to me just starts giggling giggling away and I am like what's so funny and she just goes she just says three words that to me have become immortalized which is simply suicide by avalanche (laughs) (laughs) and that's complicated I mean I have I I love to ski Mm -hmm. and they cause avalanches to happen because they don't want it to they don't want somebody causing it themselves who's they um the gods Mm. yeah mainly Hephaestus I think (laughs) but you know Zeus comes in yeah yeah in the form of our child previous (laughs) podcast no that would be really really complicated but at the same time awesome in a way it's the perfect crime I mean, you've got to put a lot of work in. You've got to really want it. Yeah. But maybe suicide by avalanche ultimately is the perfect crime. I think you've found it. Wow. I'm going to have to keep that in my back pocket. Yeah, mate. What are you trying to figure out, Marty? Oh, this is, you know, I I studied Chinese in college. You're kidding me. Like you do. Yeah, I know. But I, I, and I went to China to do research in 1983, which is like a thousand years ago now. And um, I was 21 and everyone there assumed I was working with the CIA because I would say things. I was practicing my cheese, my cheese. (laughs) I was practicing my Chinese and I would say things like, so what is your job? This, they thought was highly suspect. They would stare at me. I didn't realize until later that under communism, even talking about a job was loaded, but they had just been through the cultural revolution. Like they were highly suspicious. So here I was bop, bop, bopping around. Did I tell you about the time I had to go to the White Swan Hotel? (laughs) Oh, I think you did. And I didn't know the word for swan. So I just kept asking them, the taxi driver to take me to the hotel of the big white duck. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't get it. Anyway, I, there was a mismatch between me and Chinese culture at that time because it was so rah-rah communism. And if you said anything that wasn't rah-rah communism, you would get in trouble. So it was just these weird, it, it was sort of a dystopian novel of me trying to have conversations with people who were terrified for their lives. And I thought, I just, it, that was a swing and a miss. But then so I came back to the US and I developed a habit, a hobby, a way of life that I have called for years lying flat. You have. I can you know I this. say this all the time. You do. I'll be like, we'll have breakfast. What are you going to do today? And I'm like, I'm going to go lie flat. She does say this. Because I have a lot of autoimmune issues and I don't really have symptoms anymore, but it's because I know when they start, I go lie flat and everything's fine. And I just think it's a way everyone should live. And I was reading online 
that in China, there's an entire social movement that's like the hippie movement and is called Tangping, which means lie flat. I've got to say, I can't see it as much of a movement. Oh, <laughs> as, as much as emotionlessness. Yeah, it's more of a, <laughs> a social inertness. Definitely the cause of um, no social movement whatsoever. Yeah, sounds delightful. Anyway, I here's what I'm trying to figure out. Was I presciently connecting with the Chinese people who would share my feelings about rah-rah communism, uh, you know, go work all your life like Boxer the Horse in 1984? Or, or did you did I cause the lying flat movement? which is also now considered to be the whole trigger for the quiet quitting or whatever that is now. What, what's that online? I'm not an online sort of person. I'm lying flat. Don't blame me. <laughs> it's not just something that's online, my darling. Um, it's quiet quitting. It's just like sh showing up and not doing anything other than what you're contractually obliged to do. It's doing your job. Like working? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's sort of funny because it's like quiet quitting is a response to the kind of rah-rah capitalism. That's which true. Which is like work 23 hours a day, do, you know, everything it says on your job description and then twice that and all of that. And quiet quitting is, what if I just did my job? What if I just did what I'm supposed to do? What? And people are like, oh, how dare you? No wonder the Chinese are all lying flat. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, it's very brave of them. And I feel like there's this confluence between me and the soul of the Chinese people mm. since we're all doing the same lying flat now. And I just want to. Can you lie flat in solidarity? Oh, totally. I, I would invite all our readers to lie flat in solidarity with all of us. The ones who read with their ears. Yes. Just lie Ear flat. Readers. And read. We just walked by Adam's room <laughs> on the way down here. You so tell them what was, They won't believe me. You tell them what he was doing. <laughs> Oh my goodness. This so this is um Marty's son, my stepson Adam. He's 34. He has Down syndrome and he he knows how he likes to live and he's quite, oh, yes. you know, he knows what he wants and he knows how to do it and that's that's the Adam. So Marty and I walked past his room coming down to do this podcast. And <laughs> Adam is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had to he's, see it really. Yeah, it's really hard to like so he's lying on his belly on his bed. Um like crossways, not up and down the way you might to go to sleep, but a crossways. But lying very much like if you tried to impersonate a sea lion lying flat but <laughs> lying flat on its belly, not not sitting up he was just lying there but his arms were by his sides yeah he was on his belly his head was kind of stuck up a bit like a like a suckling a bit pig. but not much <laughs> no um yeah he was just he was just he lying was flat lying ever so flat and, and he looked like someone who was preparing to be shot out of a human cannon I mean he yeah. was that still and straight and rigid with his arms tucked tight to his side <laughs> and I just looked in and I'm like what are you doing he said I'm relaxing. <laughs> it looked intense. It was an intense session of but I lying guess flat. That's the thing. If you want, if you take the lying flat seriously, yes, and it looks like it might be in your genes, yes, based on Adam. 
you gotta you gotta commit yeah it's a nature nurture thing there because i mean Mm. yeah he he did come out with the genes of lying flat but now then he saw a lot of lying flat in his environment Mm. but now he could go to china and lie flat and everybody would go yeah we get it (laughs) (laughs) we get it well i think that is really interesting that you are um maybe like a chinese poster child for lying flat we're joking but I'm serious. Lying flat yeah. is a thing for me, and it does not sound like something that would become a social movement in China. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a little concerned that you are so serious about your role in this. Movement. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was causal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just don't, not sure which direction the causality runs. Absolutely no. I think Ugh. you definitely seeded a lying down revolution. Mm, yeah, thank you. That's my power. Yeah, that's brilliant. We'll be right back with more Bewildered. I have a favour to ask. You might not know this, but ratings and reviews are like gold in the podcasting universe. They get podcasts in front of more faces, more eyes, more ears, all the bits that you could have a podcast in front of. That's what they do. So it would help us enormously if you would consider going over to your favourite podcasting app, especially if it's Apple. And giving us a few stars, maybe even five, maybe even six. If you can find a way to hack the system, I wouldn't complain. And uh, a review would also be wonderful. We read them all and love them. So thank you very much in advance. Let's just go out there and bewilder the world. For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, A few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025, but I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass. And we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star. So, okay, to just switch gears, Ah. we're going to talk about, today we're going to talk about something that is very close to my heart. Yeah. It is, in fact, one of these episodes, dear listeners, where I just go, here's what's wrong in my life. Marty, can you please solve it? Mm. So that's that's why I'm here. I don't know why you all are here. I'm Uh, looking forward to this because it always goes, then it goes, I will solve it. I will solve it with all kinds of props and books and quotes from scientific journal articles. And you look at me and you go... I don't want you to patronize me. I just want you to make me feel better. And then I feel bad. And then we both lie flat. (laughs) (laughs) Is that really what happens? I don't think that's what happens. No, that's just in my, that's just um, a trauma memory. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, um, I think this is going to be very helpful for everyone because I cannot be the only human being in the world given to a little bit of procrastination. Ah. And I've just had a week where mm. I'm worrying myself, Marty, quite honestly. Like, really? Yeah, because I ha- – okay, so full disclosure, actually not quite full disclosure. <laughs> I have had a new enthusiasm 
And this comes to me sometimes, quite often actually. I get I come upon something that I suddenly find really fascinating and interesting and I need to know everything about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say what it is because it's like borderline a little bit embarrassing. So I'm just going to say it's mini golf, okay? So <laughs> I discovered mini golf and whole it's not mini, it's really not mini golf. Come on, guys. Um, They're going to be dying with curiosity. I know. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I had this week where I had my enthusiasm and I just, Marty, I just lay flat and read about my enthusiasm mm. on my phone mm. all week long and I didn't write my newsletter and I didn't do my work and I didn't. I mean, the, the kid's still alive, so I must have done something, but that was Ooh. probably Karen. In <laughs> so I just, and then I had this great theory about halfway through the week that I sometimes have to, like, sometimes I think, oh, I've got it. I know what's going on. And I went to Marty and I said, what if procrastination is actually like our soul's genius and it's our souls directing us to what we're actually supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, hello. It sounds like you have solved your problem. And Heidi's like, yeah, sometimes, but there is such a thing as procrastination and it doesn't always feel the same way. And so I was like, okay, so maybe my soul did need to obsess about mini golf and maybe it didn't, but mm. um my fear, Marty, is mm. we have this game we play where I have a fear and yeah. then you tell it and it's fun. So my fear is that it's been I've been so lazy with my Ooh. enthusiasm Ooh. and I haven't done anything hard Ooh. and I'm scared that maybe I never, ever, ever will again and I'll just lie flat and read about mini golf for the rest of my days. <laughs> and, like, I can't imagine myself feeling motivated to write something right Who now. buy mini golf? Who buy mini, mini golf? golf. Um, the Cohen estate's going to come after me. I that. understand that feeling. I understand it deeply in the marrow of my bones, for I have done it. I have done it, Rowan Mangan, and I have a way out. Hooray. Hooray. Hoping you would say. Not really way out, but definitely a way that's gotten me off my keister and gotten me to roll over onto my back and work while lying flat. Before we jump into your solutions, let's talk a little bit about the culture and nature of it all. Yes, 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 because that is our thing. Remember, bewilderment is bewilderment. So we're becoming wild. So there's a wild procrastination. <laughs> Wildly procrastinating. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm pretty wild. Um, so what? What would we? What? What would we say that the culture says about procrastination? It's pretty well, obvious. Don't right? just don't. Right. Don't. And beyond that, like there's something morally corrupt about you. Definitely. If you do, because you should love to work those 23 hours a day and never quiet quit anything. Right. You, you know, just just don't procrastinate. Just do it, you filthy pig. Yeah, that is the – do it now, you filthy pig. Yeah. That kind of sums it up. Yeah. It has all the shaming and all the horror. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a really big one, this one. Mm. Yeah, and I don't – immediately my mind is going wildly academic because oh, I just can't help it. <laughs> there are cultures that are called polychrones. And oh, then we've talked are, about these before. Uh, oh, yeah, I think yeah. we did. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you guys 
already have heard this, you folks. So polychrones are people who live in kind of this random, different things are happening at the same time and you sort of choose among them. And then monochrones like Western modern cultures um, are very much driven by the clock. You have- Not necessarily Western, but yeah. That's true, yeah. modern. Yeah, but the vast majority of um, places that were not colonized by Western society had more relaxed for every place where I've been in the world, they'll say, Oh, this is on Yugoslavian time, which they used to say. They don't say that in Japan, though, do they? Always, because <laughs> Yugoslavian Airlines, when I was there, had the initials J U T, because in Croatian, that means something about an airline. But all the Croatians told me it means jokes about time. Oh, it would be J A T. Yeah. Anyway, so about time. Yeah, but I've heard that in Jamaica. I've heard that in uh, South Africa. I've heard that all over the place. That in Mexico, that there's a different time sense. So it, there is. I do have this feeling that it is a colonial imposition on a lot of people. And um, I'm just saying today, yes. right now, saying Western could be exclusionary because yes. there's plenty of this pressure going on everywhere because the internet it's a post-national kind of system really that's true i'm so sorry i Hmm. I was being exclusionary um i just was thinking about when factories became a thing and there would be little villages that were would spring up around the factory uh so the workers could be close and come into work and because they wanted everyone to start at the on the assembly line at the same time the factory owners would blow a whistle that would literally wake everyone in the town up at 5 a.m I don't know how they avoided being murdered. I truly don't. Um, anyway, so yeah, definitely the culture says, do it now, you filthy pig. Hmm. So procrastination. Procrastination. Oh, Hello, naughty, <laughs> naughty. Um, I do it all the time. <laughs> all the time. You can't stop me. Um <laughs> What about you? Trying to stop you. (laughs) They're trying to stop me procrastinating in public. (laughs) We should totally call this episode procrastinating. Yeah, I think we might not get too many. I think we'd get letters, but not the Mm. good kind. (laughs) Not like the Letterman jacket for procrastination. Okay, so yes, okay. you do it all the time. I sure do. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, yeah. Like I've got a bit of a chronic <laughs> condition. <laughs> I'm a bit of a condition for me. Now this is going to sound really bad. Now mm. you've set everything up to be sexual innuendo. You know mm. this, mm. but for me, the only really <laughs> the time when this is um, difficult to not do <laughs> is when I wake up. I go, <laughs> oh yeah a lot of people this, have that though this is Don't so feel childish bad. this is so childish <laughs> no, no but sorry it, for being childish it's cold right now in pennsylvania and under my blankets it is warm oh i bet it is and outside the blankets is a bitter world of yeah. getting dressed in clothes that are cold yeah, Marty has this really cute thing she does where she gets her clothes and she pulls them under the covers <laughs> to warm them up before she gets into them. So the clothes spend a little bit of time 
warming up in the bed before. That's she- right. I just I, I roll myself around them like a mother uh, duck-billed dinosaur or something on her eggs. I just roll over on them, and I'm like warm little, and it it makes a cold spot on my tummy. But it's not like the cold <laughs> spot is all over my body. Mm, who ends up having to sleep on the cold spot? Yeah, and then I get dressed under the blankets. But that's after I've procrastinated for some time. Yeah, yeah. quite a while sometimes. A long time. Yeah. 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 So I have the same problem. You have a really good work ethic, though. Mm, well, I'll tell time. you why in a minute. I've always been weird. <laughs> when I write and speak professionally, I have to tone it down, especially the part where I believe the universe loves us and is on our side. A few years ago, I decided to just show up online and say what I really think. This became The Gathering Pod, a series of discussions about how to thrive in a difficult world. So if you need hope, inspiration, or a chance to listen to someone much weirder than you could ever be, come join me on The Gathering Pod. So, Marty, now that we've established our maturity credentials by <laughs> renaming procrastination cre- procrastination. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's figure this out. It, you know what? You have given yourself the key to figuring it out because procrastination – I'm sorry I keep talking about this, but it's now it's there. We have to talk about it forever. It's only procrastination if there's only one of you. And (laughs) wait, (laughs) no, (laughs) if there is more than one of you, it's just a good time, yeah, just a party, yeah. All right, so here's the thing when you're trying to get out of bed in the morning and part of you doesn't want to go, there are obviously two people here. It's not just one person. So if you don't recognize, if you lie there thinking, okay, I'm the one who has a mental um, social conditioning that I have to get out of bed at a certain time, um, and you're saying, why am I so bad? Why am I so bad? You're talking as if you're the one who's not getting out of bed. But in fact, it's a totally different person. And this I get from part psychology. I'm not saying we all have multiple identities or anything, dissociative identity disorder. I'm just saying that there are different parts in everybody's mind. And part psychology is just becoming really the hot trend right now. And if you, it, it turns out that if you talk to different parts of you, like the other total person that they really are, you can actually get them to agree to stuff. Like you're in a negotiation. It's right. not procrastination. It's a mediated negotiation session. Procrasta party. <laughs> Procrasta mediation. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's cool. So, uh, but I feel like when I'm in this mode, my procrastinating part yeah. is way stronger yes. than any other parts. The other parts are like there in the corner going, <clears throat> maybe. But I think they're secretly on the same side as the <gasps> See, just knowing that, just the way you're figuring this out, like, okay, so I'm going to do a little, sorry, I can't do it. Help it, I get coachy. Yay! When you go from do it now, you filthy pig. Do it now, you filthy pig, yep. yep. You're lying about do it now, you filthy pig. And nothing happens, right? Log jam, nothing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
thing Stop is. Stop it. You sorry. child. Sorry, sorry. Stop child. it now, you filthy pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, feel the feeling. You're lying there and you're just like, I've got to get up. I've got to get up. It's cold. It's horrible. I don't want to do it. I, I can't. Or in my it. case, I'm up. I'm sitting on my armchair yeah. and I'm reading about mini golf instead of um, instead of writing my newsletter. I've got to write a newsletter. Okay, so yeah. feel the feeling of I've got to write a newsletter. What does it feel like seriously in your body? It feels like dripping green tar. It's <gasps> like shot through with poisonous algae. Well, that sounds super fun. It sounds like something Leonard Cohen would write a song about. <laughs> Who <laughs> by algae? <laughs> <laughs> green tar algae. Okay, now, when you say, I actually think that a lot of my parts are on the same side, mm. they want to read about mini golf. Mm -hmm. What happens inside your body when you shift that way? Hee -hee. I go, hee hee hee. Conspiracy. Conspiration. Yes. Conspiration. <laughs> oh, that does sound like a party. Okay. <laughs> this is wonderful. Do you see now how you're not as miserable? Yes. Because what we do is we get stuck in the command, get up, you filthy pig. And that is so insensitive and insulting to our various sensibilities. Uh-huh. Because it's not the wild way. Like it really, really is a social community. You have to get up at the same time as everybody else. So you're you're joining the cultural norm mm -hmm. and you're doing violence to the parts that are like conditioned to the, when the light comes in and how cold it is. Like we're supposed to sleep more when it's cold. Mm -hmm. It preserves energy. Like all, like the squirrels out there are sleeping extra. Okay. So you've got yourself off the hook, but yeah. I still promised people I would write a newsletter. Exactly. But now you've got a conspiration. Mm, so sure what do. you have to do instead of screaming, do it now, you filthy pig, you have to make friends with these people who don't want to do it. Okay. So then it becomes about, and I love this because we were just, we've been reading all these books about how to raise a toddler because we have a toddler who is very sure what she wants and much stronger than all of us put together. Yep. That's good. Yeah. We like this. It, it, she does things like, it's like trying to raise a baby, um, like Tyrannosaurus Rex or something. The, the child. Very cute one. Oh my God. She's so cute. She's so and she's cute. she's funny and awesome. Oh, she's We're making hilarious. it sound like she's not. Oh, no, yeah, but she's, she's the not. the best child on earth for sure. Now that my other children have grown up. But um, we've been reading about when they really want something and they, they get so full of emotion that they start to kind of thrash around. And what most parents do is try to suppress that, especially if it happens in any kind of public space. And we don't have public space problems so much, but when we're on Zoom calls and mm -hmm. we're supposed to show the baby, she will do it because we're forcing her to do stuff that's not really her authentic self. So she starts to thrash. And what the books say is this is not the time to get compulsory. It is the time to get curious. So if you can say to your tantruming child, you know, hold them in a big, and she always says, big hug, big hug. Big she instinctively knows that being contained that way is what she needs. Um, so you put her in a big hug and then you start asking, what are you feeling? How is this going for you? Like often what we find, you know, as a, just as a data point to when we ask what she's feeling is she's clearly feeling Peppa Pig based on her responses. Yes. Watch TV, Peppa Pig, yeah. now, mummy, now. Yes. I'd say that's what she's feeling a lot of the time. 
I just want to shout out to Peppa Pig because it's one of the best kids shows ever made and it's British and Lila is developing a British accent. So she sounds much more intelligent than we do. Because I'm sorry, Americans and Aussies, it's just not the Oxford way. How dare you? So now when I drink my special treat, which is my Perrier, um, (laughs) she says, So tragic. Muffy, fizzy water. And and then you have to give it to her because she's so cute. Sorry. So we have a very cute dinosaur for a child. That's it. She throws a fit. And what you do is you get curious and you say, what are you feeling? What's going on for you? And this validates that what's going on is important and it preserves the wild. And it makes the wild side more likely to come with you. So you're picture yourself studying mini golf. Mm. in your armchair mm. and then you go do it now you filthy pig mm. and then the the conspiration mm. says we don't want to mm. ask some questions of the crowd so there's more than one person in there who doesn't want to go write your newsletter right mm. who's in there tell me it like get curious mm. a lot of mini golf enthusiasts <laughs> well no wonder well the thing is i'm I think what's happening is that I'm maybe I'm polychronous. Yes, you are. And um and in and I was right, like then that my soul like the the real mini golf thing is something to do with health. And my it's like my soul wants to focus on health right now. Yeah. And so my my parts are on board, but the problem is that I do live in a society where you make you know you make commitments yeah so what to do about that i can i can say to all my my parts can all be like yeah yeah we're gonna read about mini golf no 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 that's it's nice they're already doing that we've established that but you have to start asking them questions about what they like and don't like and what it would take we're in a negotiation now so like i remember taking my oldest kit when they were in high school um, to meet Kathy Colby, who is a person who, who her expertise is knowing how people do things and how they want to do them. And we both took this little test and Kathy looked at our results and she said, hmm, you're both very creative, but nobody wants to clean up. And I was like, bingo, but isn't everybody? She said, you'd be surprised. And then she turned to Kit and she said, so obviously you don't like the rules of high school. You're not that kind of person. And Kit is like, yeah, what have I been trying to tell everyone? And Kathy said, okay, we need a way to, we need a way to fool the school system because the school system is wrong. Your true nature is right, but we have to sort of render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. We have to find a way to make it look like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but at the same time, not do violence to your nature. Okay. I see. Yeah. So when I say we need to negotiate, I'm really like sitting in the armchair. I'm dead serious actually right now. No, Who I get you? that. I just don't understand the negotiation. I need you to explain. Okay, like, so am I negotiating to try and convince these parts that they should write a newsletter? What are the... You're the mediator. So I went to a mediation training once and now I'm a trained mediator. Um, and what you... So you're the the middleman. So on one side is your cultural side saying, I've got to, I've got to do this right now. On the other side are your wild parts. And it sounds like there are several going, ha, 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 watch us not. And in between, you are the mediator who's trying to figure out what's going on. And here's the thing. If you read the negotiation book, Getting to Yes, which is pretty darn good and it's a classic, what you want to do is talk about needs rather than rules. 
So if there are two people, the, the fabled story is there are two people in a room, one wants the window open, one wants it closed, and they're in a fight about it. The mediator comes in and he says to one person, why do you want the window open? And that person says, for the fresh air. And he says to the other person, why do you want the window closed? And they say, because the wind is blowing my papers around. And he says, why don't we open the door to the next room, open the windows there, then you get fresh air without the wind. Boom, everyone's happy. So while you're, you're aware of the struggle, I need to push forward. I can't, I'm not, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. What you have to do is like identify the part that's not coming along and say, why do you not want to work on your sub stack? So if you can fish around and find the part that's saying, no, I will not. Okay. Have you found it? Yeah. Can you like picture it as some kind of object yeah. or person? Yeah. It's like a little Huck Finn kind of kid. Who's and just it, like F you, F everything. I love it. So, and and for those that are listening, it's often very helpful to find where it's living in your body. I know that sounds odd, but do you have any sense of the Huck Finn living somewhere in your body? Yeah, in my face, in my mouth. That's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So he's like F you, F everybody. Yeah. He's yeah. like constructed of the word fuck. That's so good because there's that brilliant scene where they're trying to get Jim, the runaway enslaved person and and some people float by and they say who's there and huck says that's my friend and they say is he black or white and he says he's white and then he says i know what i done wrong i guess a body that don't get started out right when he's little just ain't got no show and i remember reading that as a child and thinking racism is evil and the people who see beyond it are amazing so i love that it's huck finn in your mouth Mm. oh god Okay, that was really bad. So I want to talk to Huck Finn directly. Okay. Are you okay with this? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm totally, I'm just here for it all. I suddenly felt like you were beaming the thought at me. Stop it now, you filthy pig. (laughs) Okay, so Huck. Yeah. I believe in you. You were right in the book. And that tells me Ro picked a symbol where you're right and the culture's wrong. Okay. On the other hand, like, let's talk to the person who loves writing a Substack newsletter and getting feedback from people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you find that person? Yeah. What does that look like? Uh, She's like a 19-year-old fresh-faced girl with a ponytail. Okay. So now we've got fresh-faced girl, Mm -hmm. Huckleberry Finn. Yep. All right. So, Huck, can you understand that the girl really wants to get the feedback from the letters, the newsletters? Uh, sorry. Okay, I don't want the feedback. I let me back to... up a little bit. Okay. So we've got the fresh-faced girl on one side and Huckleberry Finn on the other. Right. The idea is that we have to get them willing to cooperate with each other for friendly reasons. Okay. You will never get them to work together by force. Okay. So does the friendly girl know that Huck Finn is there and vice versa? Are they aware of each other? Yeah, they are now. I know that sounds like an odd question, but if you try this out, it actually happens. So what does the fresh-faced girl who wants to write the newsletter, what does she think about Huck Finn? She's sort of tolerant, but a little, like, frustrated. 
What's the frustration? Why are you making such a big deal out of this? It's not it's not that hard. It's not that huge a commitment to do. Okay, so that's her position. Now we want to know what Huck genuinely feels. So you really drop into that. Yeah. Into the kid who's just saying F you to the whole world. Yeah. I shouldn't always have to be doing stuff for other people. I should also be able to do stuff for myself. That's what Huck Finn's saying. And it sounds like, and tell me where I'm wrong, that he's been doing this a long time. Like what, complaining? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But also going, I hate this. I hate this. I really, really hate this. Yeah, but not the newsletter specifically, but just having to do anything for anyone. Yeah. Yes. This is exactly right. And, And the fact that you're laughing about it shows that there's a part of you that's embarrassed or thinks it's it's silly somehow to not want to do what other people say or what they want. Not wanting to do anything that anyone else wants is definitely like, in conflict with many other parts of me that do want me like to you do. need a dose of lying flat. No, not really. Because, okay, so first of all, so Huck Finn is the tantrum child. So when you deal with the tantrum child, you don't say, conform with me, you filthy pig. You say wow, I really get that feeling. I've had that feeling myself a million times. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. So what is Huck Finn? He's like, I'm sick of doing this for my whole life. He wants to be heard and understood. He wants to be acknowledged as a real and valid part of you. He's the wild part of you. Mm-hmm. And culture doesn't validate him. Mm-hmm. So I know it sounds weird and silly, but I really want to talk to him. Okay. Like Huck. Yeah. How long have you been like putting yourself aside to do other people's stuff? Or stuff that other people want you to do? More and more. More and more? Yeah, since since Lila came along. Oh, so tell me yeah. about what it's like to have a tiny baby and a job and other family members and friends, you know, in two continents and trying to do all that. Huck, how is that? Uh, how has that experience been for you? Can you tell me? Yeah, I feel undernourished. Oh yeah, I totally hear that. Say yeah. more. Like, like the feeling of being very thirsty or very hungry. That's how I feel oh. about just sitting down and reading about mini golf. So it's it's sort of watering your soul to read about the mini golf. Yeah, and you're dying of thirst or yeah. hunger or both. Okay, can the fresh-faced girl understand that Huck's been doing this for two years and it's incredibly exhausting? Yeah. The thing about her, though, is that she doesn't do the childcare either. You know, so it's like she's just like, yeah, but it's fun to do a newsletter once a week. Just sit down and slam it out. Yeah. But she can't go do that without dragging Huck into something that it's not like he's being belligerent. He's exhausted and dehydrated yeah so that becomes that's like if you find out your two-year-old is starving and that's why she's crying the Mm -hmm. next job becomes not to shut her up but to get her some food Mm. so how do we give huck enough nourishment that he'd be willing to come along with the whole crowd and do something that a fresh-faced girl wants to do I don't know. Because we never ask. We never go around asking, what does the wild part of me need to be nourished? Yeah, because I feel like that what 
Huck wants to do is have nothing but read about mini golf for a year lying flat because Mm -hmm. he feels deprived. And so it's like, how do I go into a more integrated system where everyone gets something? Yeah. And that happens. It's like this person has literally been starved. Yeah. And when people are starved, when, like, I read this thing about a woman who got her father's diary from a prison camp in like Southeast Asia after World War II. And she thought it would have all this stuff about how much he loved his family. And it did the first three pages. And the rest of the journal was filled with nothing but descriptions of food. Mm. Because when you're starving, your entire system says, we need to think about food. And if your soul is starving for some kind of activity, for a sense of freedom, whatever, it's not negotiable. Your whole system is going to go until this gets settled nothing else matters. And then we push ourselves so far past that for cultural reasons that we get incredibly starved for our wild food, right? Mm. So let's start thinking, can you think about anything that Huck has done since Lila was born where you went, oh yeah. Like where Huck was like, oh, that's fun. That, oh, that feels good. That's nourishing. It seems like Huck is very connected to um, to just that like wasting time quote unquote wasting time stuff like it's not like a bracing walk outside is makes parts other parts happy but huck's just like i just want to do nothing he's like 13 and he he wants to lie flat yeah so the the solution is you go to china join the lie flat movement and become radicalized um So we have to think of something that to huck is the equivalent of lying flat. Now there's an exercise I do um, and I train coaches to do where I talk about if you had to clean a disgusting, filthy restroom and I said I'd give you $5 to do it, how would you feel about it? Not pleased. So would you do it for $50? How would you feel if you did? I made you do it, but I gave you $50 disgusting five toilets no no thank you okay five hundred dollars how would you feel then filthy smelly yeah no thank you five hundred thousand dollars all right like really truly you would do this restroom i will give you half a million dollars yeah absolutely gladly the important thing here is not that I can give you $5 million because I can't, or I was going up to $5 million something. <laughs> That's why I don't do actual negotiation. Um, what's interesting is the shift in your willingness. Yeah. Because the, the reward has become commensurate. I wrote this book about um, people rewarding themselves for um, for behavior they don't really want to do, but they, have, they socially have to do it. And readers afterward told me, I, I can't think of rewards. Because the culture never teaches you to reward yourself for anything mm-hmm. that they don't validate, the culture doesn't validate. And they never reward behavior that doesn't fit into the cultural like pigeonholes. So what we have to do is find out what Huck loves mm-hmm. and we have to condense it. We have to feed Huck. Mm. And we so it requires some creativity at this point. And that's why I asked you, can you think about anything that happened that went, oh yeah. Like you have to go to New York City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a highly nourishing thing. Is it for Huck? Like, does Huck like it? It's a different part. Ah, so this is just lying flat. Yeah, this is the the time waster. Then could we bump it up to 
lying flat with a foot rub? Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Lying flat with a foot rub while watching Bad Sisters. No, because I have to be reading about mini golf. Oh, okay. Lying flat, reading about mini golf, getting a foot massage. Yeah. In a very fuzzy blanket. Yeah. By the fire. Mm-hmm. With a cup of coffee. Like really good coffee. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. So this is something I call the three Bs, bag it, barter it, or better it. So if you can get, if you can just not do the newsletter, fine, but you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you can um, barter it and get, like, I would do it for you, but it would be terrible. It would all be, it would be about the tongue ping movement. People would love it. That's why Mm. I don't want you to do it. (laughs) Well, I would. If you want to barter, I'm here. Bless your heart. No, I'm serious. Okay. I get very serious about life coaching and this is very life coachy stuff. All right. So if you can't barter it or better it, or bag it, you can better it. Yeah. So foot massage, by the fire, coffee, fuzzy blanket. What if you set an alarm for half an hour, really hit it really hard, and then bam, you got to just read about mini golf for like an hour and a half, but goosed up the massage, the fire, the coffee, everything. That sounds amazing. Okay. Would you work for half an hour? on the newsletter, if you got an hour afterwards of just reading mini golf by the fire. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then that's what we're going to do. Now, how does Huck feel? Please. And how does Fresh Face Girl feel? Pleased. I have something to say to her. Could I? Yeah. Okay. Fresh Face Girl. Yeah. Now you know what Huck needs. Yeah. And you can't not have Huck with you. Yeah. Huck actually writes the newsletter. <laughs> like the fresh face girl will do the typing, but if you want content, it's going to come from Huck. It's going to come from the wild self. It all That's the only part of you that's original, right? So fresh face girl, if Huck lets you work for half an hour, you have to like blast through this thing. Mm, Are you willing to do the delivery, like focused, intense, boom, boom, boom? Yeah. All right. Huck, if she does that, and then you get everything you want by the fire with the coffee and so on, will you provide content? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's how I do it. That's how I get out of bed in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Like curled around my clothes going, who doesn't want to get up? And there's a chorus of a thousand people. We don't want to get up. We are lying flat. And I'm like, what could I give you? What could I give you? And I always give them give it the same thing. What? Morning communion. No. That's why we have morning communion because it's really it's something that helps us get out of bed. Yeah, it does. Except for Karen, who's been moving at the speed of light since 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Going, I didn't sleep much, but I got enough. Shoom, shoom, shoom. <laughs> Who by avalanche? Shoom. <laughs> she, I swear, is going to die from getting up early. She is the avalanche. She be the avalanche be the avalanche you wish to see in the world oh my gosh all right well i feel very joyful about my procrastination cure and very grateful to you and to my little parts what can listeners do if they want to do that because otherwise they're just going to be like i need martha here's an exercise that i put in two of my books um the last one the way of integrity has the better one I think. But when I originally created it, I called it the wild child and the dictator. 
Because we all have many, many different parts. But at some point, like your wild child is Huck Finn. Yeah. And your dictator is a fresh-faced girl. Oh, don't be deceived. She is a, <laughs> she is a tyrant. She's a bitch. Because the moment you try to force yourself to do something that society wants you to do, but you don't want to do, you have become the monster of society. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like yeah. you have joined the forces of evil. <gasps> oh, my God. You're so In right. bewilderment terms. So- there's a there's a physiological component of this because the wild child generally is going to live on the right hemisphere of your brain, which deals with it, it moves the left side of your body and vice versa. So the left side of your brain is is the verbal one, is the socially compliant one, it's the ri more rigid and rule bound, and it controls your right hand. And the right side is more wild and it controls your left hand. So I actually ask people to physically hold out their own hands, palm up, because it actually helps with the brain um, component of this. It, like to hold up your hands actually activates the two hemispheres. So what you do is you imagine that in your left hand is your version of the wild child, okay. and like two inches tall. So does yeah. yours look like you or does it look like corn? Corn? It doesn't look a lot I like just, corn. <laughs> I just had an image of Huck Finn and he was smoking a corn cob pipe. And so it all became corn to me. It's fascinating these insights I get into you. Welcome to ADD world. <laughs> does it look like you or does it look like corn? <laughs> okay, mm. it looks like Huck Finn and his corn. Okay. <laughs> On your right hand stands a tiny version of a dictator mm -hmm. um, that can take any form that you have. Yours is a fresh-faced girl, serpent with a flowery face. But whatever your dictator happens to be, that's standing in your right hand, and it's also two inches tall. It's very angry. It's screaming at the wild child, do it now, you filthy pig. Mm. So look at the dictator screaming and yelling, got a whip and a gun, and then the wild child doesn't even speak. English doesn't speak any language. It's nonverbal. It's just like, why are you hitting me? I just need like acorns or something. Like I just want to get by. And it will not do what the dictator wants it to do. So you can see those two. And it looks like just an unsolvable conflict. Mm -hmm. But now, while still holding your hands out and looking at the two, I want to ask you, does the dictator look tired? Does your dictator look tired? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because she's been trying to force a wild thing to do, like circus tricks that it will not do. So she's exhausted. Look over at the wild child. Does the wild child look tired? Yes. Mm-hmm. So neither one of them wants to keep this up. Tell me where I'm wrong. You are not wrong anywhere. So they're both exhausted. So let them both sit down in the palms of your hands and just like assume the posture that like slumped over, lying flat, whatever, whatever Adam was doing in his bedroom, this, whatever. Um, let him just collapse. Mm -hmm. And then see if you can find in your heart any compassion for the exhaustion and this constant like deadlock they've been involved in. Can yeah. you feel compassion for the dictator? Yeah. Because her motivation is just she wants you to succeed and be happy. Yeah. The wild child, can you find compassion for that? Yeah. 
it's a wild thing. You've just been hitting it with a stick for 30 years and it doesn't even know why. So now look at them both and you can bring your hands together even and look at them right in front of your face and, and start to offer them kindness. So like, I see what you're going through. It looks really exhausting. Like what comes to your mind as something you could say that is compassionate to both of them? May you be well, mm. may you be happy, may you be free from suffering. The good old Tibetan love and kindness things, yeah. So if you just repeat that over and over, you can watch them and you'll feel something coming into your energy that's a little bit softer and gentler. So just imagine that. Have you got it? Yeah. Okay, when you can feel deep compassion for both these beings, let me know. Yep, I got it. So now the question, listeners, is with the wild child in your left hand and the dictator in your right hand and you loving them both, who are you? Ooh. Because you are not the dictator and you are not the wild child. Ooh. You are compassion. And that a lot of people think that nature is cruel, but I think ultimately it's very compassionate. And when you become compassion, you've moved... Technically, you've moved into a part of the brain that is able to access that, which is like super good for your whole body and your mind. But also, in a philosophical way, you've stepped out of the conflict between nature and culture, and you've become something even beyond that, which is, I think, more of an ultimate truth. You've gotten into a spiritual reality. Mm, that can encompass both. It encompasses both. It loves everything. It finds a way because it is, you know, it's the creation. It's the creator. It's, it, it creates solutions out of the vast intelligence of the universe. It doesn't need like, well, you need to get a list and put a star by your name when you do your chores, you filthy pig. <laughs> it's much more creative than that. And it, it, it can make things happen by love instead of force. And you'll be amazed how well your life works when you do that. I love it. Thank you so much for the coaching session, Marty. Thank you for letting me coach. Oh, my God. It's the most fun thing you can ever do with your clothes on. Except maybe for procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, procrastinate when you need to and stay, stay wild. wild. We hope you're enjoying Bewildered. If you're in the USA and want to be notified when a new episode comes out, text the word WILD to 570-873-0144. We're also on Instagram. Our handle is Bewildered Podcast. You can follow us to get updates, hear funny snippets and outtakes, and chat with other fans of the show. Bewildered is produced by Scott Forster with support from the brilliant team at MBI. And remember, if you're having fun, please rate and review and stay wild. You know, what I'm seeing out in the world is a lot of fear and a growing amount of despair. 
maybe you're feeling that way too, because the ways our culture has taught us to navigate the world, to navigate our lives, they are failing us. We need a new language. We need a new set of tools to find our way individually and as a group. And I know we can still do this. I put everything I do know about it into Wayfinder Life Coach Training. And the tools that I teach there are to help people redefine how we relate to each other, how we make a living, how we do community. We can only change the world for the better if we redefine how we think and the world needs Wayfinders now more than ever. So please go to MarthaBeck.com and you'll find your way.